Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Master Your Mindset podcast, where we talk about everything around your mindset and how to control your mind so your mind doesn't control you. I am your host, Jared Fink, and on today's show, we have Jason Versica. Jason is a real estate agent and an investor, and he helps his clients live their dreams through real estate. He is a Win Hoff Method practitioner, and he is on his way to building his dream lifestyle. What's up, Jason? How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes, of course. No problem. How are you doing? What, what are you up to um, these days? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm up to quite a bit, actually. Uh, so, you know, always, um, you know, constantly on the personal development uh, journey. Uh, so I do have a, a certain routine that I follow on a daily basis. Um, started out as a real estate agent a, a few years ago and building my business there, but but before that was a real estate investor. Um, I'm also now uh, starting another initiative, uh, and it's uh, in the area of contribution uh, to uh, my community, which is the Maltese Canadian community. Okay. I'm on the planning committee uh, to develop a, a Maltese uh, Canadian business uh, network Association. So that's been fun so far, and I'm excited about the prospects there as well. Okay. Is there is that the first one in Toronto, or is there other kind of communities around this? Yeah, it's actually, um, there might have been something in a long time ago in the past, but it, it definitely isn't around now. Um, you know, my wife is very active in, in her community, which is the St. Lucian uh, Toronto uh, uh, Association as well as the Black Business and Professionals um, Association. And she's been doing that for years and years. And then that kind of triggered me to think about my own community and, and, and what we're doing. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I went to some of the uh, elders in the community, uh, some of the associations that are in place now to find out if we had a business network association and uh, found out that we didn't. And so, um, a couple of years later now, uh, it's been two years in the works, uh, we have a planning committee in place and we're going to have our first official public meeting uh, mid-October. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Yes, definitely. Okay, is that what you're kind of focusing on full-time right now or is that just one of the endeavors you're, you're working on? It's, it's one of the endeavors uh, I'm working on. Uh, the, one of the things in the Maltese com Canadian community is the disconnect between the older generations uh, and my generation and younger. So Gen X down, there's a complete disconnect. And a lot of the tradition, a lot of the cultural heritage um, is not um, sort of getting passed down. Uh, and it's a shame because I think Toronto, Toronto's strength and Canada's strength comes from uh, the, the spirit of, uh, of uh, multiculturalism and sort of that mosaic ideology where you bring your culture in uh, as a perspective to strengthen the greater community, uh, you know, the Toronto and, and Canadian, um, you know, culture. So I think you can only do that when you bring your identity with you and your perspective with you from a cultural standpoint and share ideas um, uh, from that lens. Okay. What, what, is, what is the goal for, for the committee? Like what, what is your 
Yeah. yeah so um, there's there's a few. Uh, the mission is really uh, built upon three pillars or four pillars, I should say. Uh, one is uh, business and professional development, uh, gender parity, uh, youth empowerment, and Maltese culture and language. Okay. Well, that's that's huge, actually. Yeah. So you know through programming across the board events, sponsorship and uh, development opportunities uh, throughout uh, those four pillars is where we're going to start and okay. uh, try to build out from there. Yeah. Um, first of all, that's very commendable. Uh, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that's one of the things you're working on. Just to get an idea of what your kind of days or weeks are like, uh, what other endeavors are you kind of working on? Just kind of high level, like, um, just to get an idea of what goes on. Sure. Uh, so what, from from a business standpoint, real estate is running a business. Um, it's about about as entrepreneurial as you get without, you know, completely um, being uh, uh, free and clear of any other uh, framework in terms of, you know, in, in the real estate world, you still have to work under a brokerage as an agent. And there's some framework that you have to live within. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get out there and, and run and conduct yourself like a business in order to be successful. Right. So, uh, there's been, I've made a lot of progress. I'm, I'm well on my way to, you know, a, a lot of consistency and, and growth in my business and trying to define my, uh, brand in a very, uh, you know, out there in terms of uh, real estate. So it's been exciting as well. Yeah, so it's interesting that you bring up um, your brand because obviously one of the things that my company, Thrive Online, does is specializes in branding. Um, yes. Just looking through your stuff, I can see that you're still kind of like figuring that stuff out. Where, yeah. you say you're doing real estate, what is your focus right now? Like who are you serving? Yeah, so one of the target markets is uh, – first-time investors or novice investors. I've have, I have a lot of experience with investing in real estate, actually more than I do uh, uh, than, than being an agent. So I started out in 2011 was my first investment. And living that experience, it came with a lot of trial and error, of course. Right. Uh, understanding uh, the process and then executing on the theory uh, you know, there's, there's just a lot of work to do in order to be successful as an investor. And I think I can help a lot of um, first-time investors get, um, you know, get to their first investment and start building uh, their investment portfolio from there. So, yeah, you just said something really interesting. Um, and, and that's your kind of like your focus is on first-time investors. It it's one of the focuses. The other one, the others, of course, is uh, first-time buyers. Um, when you say investors, do you mean investor like somebody buying a home to live in, or an investor, somebody who's got like disposable income or extra money that they just want to like invest into real estate? So you help them with that kind of process. Yeah, both. both? Definitely both. So one one would be one would be um, if. It, it depends on their situation, but I think that, uh, yeah, if they have this disposable income and want to just solely invest on, uh, in, in, in real estate, there's, there's different strategies to follow. 
um, I, I really focused on buy and hold strategy. Um, and then for first time investors who also are looking just to get into the market, but then longer term may want to um, turn to investment, uh, real estate as an investment, there's something called house hacking. Um, where you buy an investment property, you live in it, but you also become a landlord at the same time just to... Right. Yeah, um, I have that. Um, yeah. Okay, so with that being said, that, that's a niche in itself, like as far as like first-time buyers, like, you could almost like, I mean, this is just throwing this out there, but you're talking about branding, it's like you can be known as the person that like if you're a first-time investor, go hit up Jason, he's the man for that. Like, um, well... Yeah, I guess the the foundation of all that is real estate, using real estate to live the lifestyle you love. Okay. It's a different perspective, I think, because we all we think of real estate as brick and mortar and sort of transactional. But, you know, just from a buying standpoint, think about where you live, the neighborhood you live in that has so much impact on the life that you live. It's incredible. It's second to yes. your family culture and, and uh, the person that you partner up with in life in terms of marriage. Um, you based on where you decide to live, that's you're going to find that third place that you frequent. You're going to meet the people that live in that neighborhood. And then in turn, they start to shape your life. So if you think about it in that perspective, thinking about it from a lifestyle perspective and not just, you know, an economic kind of venture, you may make different decisions. You may compromise in certain areas that you normally or, or perhaps wouldn't have if you weren't thinking of it from that uh, angle. For instance, you know, somebody looking to, to buy their first home may not and can't afford Toronto may look to, you know, the suburbs and, but they live downtown and now travel time is extensive. And instead of spending time with family and the things that they love to do, they're, they're, they're in traffic for an hour and a half. Um, you know, that has tremendous impact on not only your personal happiness, but your life as well. Um, but if you're willing to compromise perhaps on the size of home and maybe, uh, certain aspects that can cut down on the economics of it all, then, then you can still live the lifestyle that you love and, and, uh, enjoy, um, living in an area that, uh, serves you in a way that brings uh, happiness and joy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are falling into that just because like it's really expensive to buy in Toronto right now. Um, especially if, you, if you're a little bit older, you get to the point you have a family, you may have to do a trade-off to get the house and the backyard and things that you want. You may have to leave the city a little bit, right, to get everything you want, um, you know, to get a bigger home in a sense, versus if you stayed in Toronto, you probably have to get a smaller property, probably have to get a smaller house, um, but it would enable you to, to still be in the city. Right, I would imagine a lot of people are going through this challenge. Oh, tremendous amount! Um, price points, affordability in Toronto—that's um, that's probably the only, the only concern I would have with Toronto real estate is affordability. Right. Uh, you know, it, the buying power has been 
a downsize because of certain policy. Uh, price points have been, as well as price points moving up. So, you know, a standard family income has fewer and fewer options in the city. So, of course, then the ripple effect is looking outside the city. But then how does that impact your life? Uh, you know, and, and also your income. Because there's expenses around living outside the city that you may not think about. You know, travel time. There's, there's, there's costs, travel costs, of course. So there's gas, insurance, uh, maintenance on your car. Uh, if it's public transit, there's a cost there. But then how about the time costs and lifestyle costs? Right. Those have to be considered. Right. Okay. So just to bring it back a little bit, it sounds like you, you definitely have a lot going on on the daily from your uh, being part of this committee, you're an entrepreneur, you're in the real estate world. You said you're also married. Um, but one thing you also said just from the beginning of the call is, you know, you're, you're constantly, I don't know if you said this specifically, but you're working on yourself, right? And um, you have kind of a daily routine. So can you just like speak to that a little bit as far as like what you do on the daily to kind of keep yourself motivated, to keep, keep yourself on track, to make sure you're reaching your goals, um, that you have a lot going on, you want to accomplish a lot, you know, going back to your mindset, what do you do on the daily just to keep yourself on track? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for years and years and years now, I've been, uh, you know, uh, working out. Um, a lot of functional training. So definitely exercise is one of the big things in my life. I, I definitely make time for it regardless of what's happening in my life. I think it, it's a part of uh, bringing my best self to each other endeavor. So if I'm not at my best, then how can my business uh, strive? How can my family life be as good as I, I need it to be? How can I support my wife and my friends and my family without right. bringing my best self? So there's things that I do in order to maintain um, and, and, and also develop um, myself so that I can, um, uh, you know, contribute in those areas in a positive way. Uh, one of them being, uh, as I said, exercise three to four, sometimes even five times per week. Okay. Uh, meditation is something that I've, I've really taken seriously uh, in the last two years. Do you have some kind of practice that you uh, implement? Is it like every morning, every night, just every day? Yeah, so for the most part, it's it's a morning and then an evening practice. So I have a morning routine um, where I wake up, you know, close to 5 a.m., sometimes 6 a.m., and I'll go for my uh, workout. Cool. Then... Uh, uh, something that we also mentioned that I do is uh, the Wim Hof uh, method. Right. Uh, so that that includes um, cold exposure and and breathing techniques. So I do take a ice bath after my workouts. Not all the time, but I do it. I do it like once or twice, sometimes three times a week. And then after that, I start my day, and it's a great way to start your day. So. Um, so hold on, let me just catch up. So you wake up maybe 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you do your workout, um, included in there as well as you do your meditation, and then it, um, you also, you know, use your Wim, sorry, Wim Hof kind of methods. Um, so just to kind of elaborate a little bit on that, 
What is, uh, just, you know, just what is the Wim Hof, what do you call this thing, like the Wim Hof method or Wim Hof experience? Like, I know who he is, I've done some research on him, but in your own words, like, who is he? What did you go and do? And how did this impact you? Yeah, okay, so it started way back, I'm gonna say about three years ago, four years ago, I was, I was going through a tough time and, and, and actually depressed, uh, you know, uh, I think out there, I think everybody uses depression, uh, when they're trying to describe going through a tough time in life, but you know, you're depressed when everything around you is fine and you still wake up and everything seems, uh, you know, you feel like the bottom is falling out beneath you. Uh, you you have a lot of anxiety day to day. Um, you're you're challenged. You're you're seeing all the bad things in life, regardless. Um, and and things aren't good. And I was going into a place on a daily basis, which I was really uh, worried about because there is mental health uh, um, uh, mental health issues in my family. So I thought I was going down a road that I wasn't going to be able to pull myself out of. And, and so I started to do a lot of research, also seeking professional help. And, uh, and when I did a lot of research around meditation, I gradually found, or I actually, I I found this show, uh, and it was, it was hosted by, um, Stan Lee, which is uh, the writer and uh, of of uh, Marvel Comics, right. he started the whole the whole Marvel Universe uh, thing, and but he had like real people, superhumans on on this uh, on this documentary. It was really a documentary, and uh, these were people were doing these were doing yeah these were people doing incredible feats. What was that? Sorry, what was the documentary called? I. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. Superhumans, uh, or okay, something along those lines. I'd have to look it up, but it was a it was a while back. Uh, and uh, one of the gentlemen, one of the people on on that they featured was this guy Wim Hof, the Iceman, as they 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 called him. And at the time, he had like twenty six world records uh, along the lines of cold exposure and uh, endurance. So he would do things like run a marathon uh, um, in, in wet, minus uh, 15, 20 degree weather uh, barefoot with no shirt on. Uh, he would uh, swim under ice cold water for over five minutes holding his breath. Uh, then he would run a marathon in the desert um, and, and not use any water. Uh, so just incredible logical <laughs> So I was, I was like, how is this guy doing? He, I thought he was a freak. Yeah. Uh, a year later, after watching that show, when I was doing my med- uh, meditation research, I came across him again. And uh, his, what he called the Wim Hof Method. And it's a combination of cold exposure, uh, uh, breathing techniques, and focus. Like, uh, you know, uh, those three pillars to be able to, move yourself to a new place where you can sort of 
um, handle the adversities that you're up against? Because I know those things seem like very physical sort of activities. Right. So, but it does prep you for the things that you, that you normally encounter in life. So I was looking into this gentleman and started to uh, practice the breathing techniques, which there are many, and started to do cold showers, looking at the research around how that impacts me from a, a physical standpoint, but then also a mental standpoint. And uh, then I found out there's a, there's, um, you can, he actually hosts a, what they called a winter experience in Poland, where you learn uh, the Wim Hof uh, techniques by him, by him and his team. So I, in 2016, uh, December, I went to Poland and spent uh, two weeks there, one week uh, um, backpacking and one week uh, in Poland doing the Wim Hof method, uh, learning the Wim Hof method and with uh, 60 people from all over the world. Oh my God, yeah, that must have been incredible. Um, I just want to ask well, a couple of things, but one, um, like you talked about like the mental game, right? And like, yes, you're doing these physical kind of activities and stuff, and I get how this all applies to your daily life. Um, but as long as these practices, uh, is it basically surrounding, like um, using your mind to basically control your body and what it feels, and what kind of like, what the sensations are? Yeah, I mean, cold exposure. So cold exposure. I'll just talk about that for for one, for the in terms of how that helps you with mindset, and how I actually use it for mindset. So I'll prepare an ice bath, and I hate it. It's it's freezing cold. I've been doing this for two years now, and I still don't like the feeling. I, I get in the cold ice cold water, and it's painful. Right. Okay. Now I'm finding after two years of practice that my body responds rather than reacts. So I, I'm, I'm able to control myself, control my breathing, and stay focused in the ice cold uh, water. And then I do a meditation. And the whole purpose in that, when you jump in the ice cold water, is you get into a fight or flight state. Right. So, and that would, you know, in, in life, a lot of the things that we encounter that are difficult um, induce a, a response from us. And that's where controlling your emotion and controlling your mind state is that much more important. So when you go into the ice cold water, it induces that same response where emotions and the fear and the anxiety the peak. How do you control that? And how do you practice controlling that without, without you know, uh, sort of, ruining your life well you can do that in the ice bath um you know you 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 get yourself in a place and of fear and anxiety which which is what the water induces and then you're you're able to control it through the breathing techniques so you don't do anything prior to getting into the ice bath this all takes place after you're in the ice bath well actually you should there's there's some breathing techniques that that I do uh, just prior to entering, entering the water. And it's called retention breathing. Wow, this is really fascinating. Where, where you do, where you do a, a series of deep breaths uh, with 
and then uh, a hold. So you're holding your breath after ex exhaling all your oxygen at the end of this, this series of breaths. Okay. So you do that for a minute and a half on the last breath. You exhale, ex exhale sorry, and then hold your breath. Uh, and then you, you repeat that sequence up to six times. And then you can jump in the water. And it just helps you with being able to uh, numb the experience. So, not, yeah. yeah. No, like I said, I find this fascinating. Where I find it fascinating is how like, you can take these principles into your everyday life with anything that you jump into, right? And I yeah. think the, the ice bath and what you're saying is it's just like a symbol anything that you take on in your life right it could be like even just going to your job going to a meeting having oh yeah a discussion with your wife if you take these same principles and you do your breathing exercise beforehand if you if you put yourself in a certain state before going to any and even set an intention for going to any kind of experience i think the outcome can be a lot greater than if you just jump into it kind of like blindfolded and then like you said you just react versus respond Right, I think like so. so talk, talk about I guess you've been practicing this for a couple of years now. You know how has it impacted you? How has it like changed you in like your mindset? Not just like you know going to the ice bath, but in like bigger kind of areas of your life where yeah. diversity has showed up. Or, or well, like you said, there's there's certain circumstances that you you encounter in life where it induces an emotional response and typically it's negative or it may induce negative thought patterns. Um, you know, fear, uh, anxiety, uh, you know, you go into everyday life and <clears throat> you have this sort of negative default, uh, self-talk that's going on almost constantly. And that's true for, for most people. I think it's true for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So you talk yourself down uh, in, in a lot of different situations or you get emotionally charged and you re react to a situation in a negative way. So the whole idea around practicing these breathing techniques and the ice baths as well as meditation is to be able to control um, my negative thought as well as my emotions when it counts. Um, so of course in situations with my wife, uh, we may be in a disagreement. Well, instead of sort of letting myself in the, you know, kind of being in the trees and not seeing the forest, meaning, you know, standing for my argument and trying to be right, I'm looking at it from uh, an objective perspective and hearing her out and trying to put myself in her shoes uh, and, and then also looking at myself and how I'm contributing to the issue, for instance. Uh, I'm, that's where my mind goes now more times than not. And that could be in a business conversation. That could be working with a client, trying to understand their situation and, and, um, and then working on a plan. Uh, it could be in a negotiation with another agent. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of situations. I mean, life uh, presents itself that in a challenging way most of the time. Uh, well, can so, I, can I just yeah. jump, I want to ask you something about like your energy. So now that you kind of take on these um, these kind of exercises and these ways that you approach situations and stuff, how has it affected your energy as a whole? 
And like a perfect example is that you walk into a room and you're in one of these um, these kind of interactions with people. You know, does this affect other people and their energy in, in a way that kind of like brings people down a little bit? Um, do you understand my kind of my question? Oh, ab- absolutely. Okay. I think emotion is contagious. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if if you're bringing uh, a negative emotion to uh, a situation or a group of individuals or your partner, it, it just brings down, uh, you know, uh, the average really. Um, but if you're, it, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're bringing in high energy, positive energy, uh, looking, it, it changes your whole mindset, how you look at an issue, how you look at the challenging uh, situation at hand. I mean, you know, the, the things in life are not going to change. It's, it's your perception. It's your perspective on those things. And right. then how you make decisions. Right. When love you're that. Yeah. With those things. I, I definitely love that statement because it, it's thought like you're going to go through your life, your day, your week, everything. There's going to be constant circumstances that are going to be arising. Whether they're good or bad, you're still moving forward. And there's nothing yeah. ever going to change that. So as soon as you can come in with that type of approach, it's a game changer. And the reason why I'm so drawn to this is because for myself, similar things have been happening. And I'm at a point now where I can see that my energy, my presence is really affecting people around me. And I'm not talking just like my family members or people I'm close to. I'm talking about going to an event and just showing up with a certain light that's really almost contagious and people are drawn to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's a great source of motivation. Motivation's good, but I, I think it's deeper than that. It, it's really starting to look at life on a grander scale. How am I going to conduct myself? Who do I want to be? Um, what's my position in this certain situation? And you have to be constantly being a witness of your own thoughts when given these situations because it's only when you think of these things objectively and your place in these situations objectively i I think that lends itself to a method of bringing your um bringing tools to uh, that game where you're able to find better uh, solutions uh, make better decisions would you say um like meditation was a big part of you almost getting to this place in your life where you're able to take that on. Cause from like, again, from my experience, like it's not a matter of you just saying tomorrow flipping a switch and you're just going to become that. I've had to work on this myself, like daily through my own meditation practice through my own awareness and observation and journaling and observing myself. I'm able to get to that, that place now. Would you say you've had a similar experience where meditation has now become that like, that, you know, that tool that has helped get you to this point or is it together? There's absolutely no doubt. It's been, it's it's been a life uh, saving um, practice for me. I I think that, and I mean life saving. I mean, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in a place that was where I was going to be harmful to myself, but I was definitely in a a bad situation for a long time and it wasn't going to, it didn't seem like it was going to get better unless I really pulled up my socks and uh, starting, started to look at my life in a different lens. Right. And I think meditation gives you the ability 
to witness your own thoughts. And I think that's a big key in all this. Again, you're just so in, engulfed in where you are now. And you're either thinking about all the issues that may happen in the future or thinking about how the past messed you up. And, and, and then if you just witness that, you turn your thoughts into sort of this, um, you're able just to kind of say, hey, I'm, this chatter that's going on is coming from somewhere. And it, it really isn't a conscious thing that I'm doing, but it is guiding me in a negative way. I need to stop it. Right. I need to stop it. And, and merely placing or witnessing it all is almost the solution. I mean, it, it gets you halfway there. There's no doubt. Yeah, th this is great. This is really informative because you're a living example of how this work has actually benefited you. Uh, yeah. I just want to go back for a sec because you said, uh, you know, you brought up a couple of times you've been through like, your own struggles and it actually doesn't even matter what the struggles are at this point. I think what I want to just focus on is the fact that you got to a certain point and then you recognize that you needed to do something different to get to the results. Yeah. And, and you took that first step and that's really commendable because like even for myself, I took that first step and it, and it set me off on this journey. And I know a lot of people out there that are probably in a similar place where you used to be and they're just not at that point where they're willing to take that first step themselves. Because yeah. what, what I've been seeing as you want to help people and just share the, this kind of insight with them, it doesn't really set in unless they're willing to listen, unless they're willing to take that first step themselves. Yeah. yeah. It, it because it, it can be difficult. I mean, you know, you're, you're running on a script. Yeah. It, it, it's a program, and that program is headed for destruction. And Love it. you just, you know, you, 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 you know, and and that's life. You know, life. You know, and you just don't see the light. You don't have, and you don't have the tools to get out, or at least it feels that way. Right, you do have the tools, but you're just not aware that the tools even exist. Exactly, exactly. So you're just you're just kind of at ends. Uh, you feel like the bottom's falling out. You, you know, you don't know, you know, which way to turn, and and uh, it's not a good place to be. But there is a way out. Um, and and one of it is accepting that, you know that there's a there's a certain amount of struggle in that life ha offers up and and that's a reality um it's how you deal with it and how you kind of find meaning in all of it that that's the answer you know right. uh, to me it's about finding something meaningful in your life aligning your aspirations uh and uh, your your ac daily activity um, you know, having a vision and a mission and it doesn't mean that you're changing the world. I think there's a lot too much of that, uh, you know, with social media and, um, you know, sometimes it's, there's just, we're bombarded about, uh, with, with all this information and, uh, we're getting snapshots of, of what life should be. And I think that's just all an illusion. And I don't think that, um, that's, that's can conducive to a good life. I think that if you're contributing in a positive way and you have meaning in your life, it really could be the small things that you do. It could be, 
you know, if you're in sales or if you have a business, it's that experience with your client, that you're giving it your all, uh, that you're being honest and you have integrity in your actions and conduct. Um, those are the things that make life interesting and, and fun and joyful. Yes. I actually like to ask you a question based on everything that you're saying right now. Um, I definitely agree with where you're going with this, that, you know, your life is more about what you're passionate about, what makes you happy, what makes you like show up every day. And those are the directions you should go into. Right? Yeah. Versus a lot of times that, you know, when we're in school and as we're growing up, a lot of times we're put in our programming, as you said, that like the more money you have, the more successful you will be, right? And that's, that's your goal, get as much money as possible, and then you'll be happy, you'll be successful, and your life will be successful. Now, what, one, one, things that, uh, one of the things that I've learned, you know, because money is less and less of an issue for me now than it ever was, but it doesn't necessarily mean I have more happiness. Actually, I don't equate it to that at all. Um, but I, th I think that money is a tool. It definitely is a tool. It gives you, it gives you more options. There's no doubt. Um, so I think that's sort of a part of the equation to a certain degree and depending on, you know, each individual's own uh, path in life and journey and aspirations, right? It, it doesn't, but it definitely doesn't mean happiness. I, I don't right. think. I, I like that you said that, that money is a tool, and I'm not like against like making money. I think it's an important thing to make money, and I think the more money you can accumulate, the more impact you can make. Yeah. Um, my point is that this is what I have to realize is like what do I want to do every single day? What am I passionate about so I can show up and be the best version of myself? Yeah. And then have money come in as a bonus of doing all that. Yeah. So my question for you is going to be what what is your kind of like idea of success? Like if someone were to ask you. Um, I think success is, well, for me, uh, discretionary time. Uh, and that discretionary time spent wisely uh, uh, through contribution to family, friends, uh, experiences. Uh, to community uh, and finding, you know, meaning in it all. I, it's the, sort of that delicate balance between, you know, trying to, uh, trying to think about, yeah, trying to kind of accomplish those things in a healthy way. Uh, I, I think it has a lot to do with contribution, to be honest. I, I, you don't take anything with you when you pass on, right? But you definitely leave a lot of things behind. Yes. And so there, there I think when life, if you read it properly, tells you it, it, it's about contribution because, because of that very reason. You just can't take anything with you. Right. So yeah. you have to give, you have to give. Okay, and I mean, I think also where you're going is just like the impact that you leave, right? Like. For you, the more impact you can have, the more contribution you can do, right? That's going to increase your level of success. Correct. Fair to say. So, I, yeah, and, and again, I think it could be um, a single relationship um, or, or it could be that you're impacting, you know, hundreds of, and thousands of people. Right. 
Okay, so but I think they're equally important. Okay, so the follow-up question to that is, you know, and we talked about this at the beginning, we figured out a mission to create your dream lifestyle. And it sounds like not just for yourself, but you want to support others through real estate so they can create their dream lifestyle. So what is your dream lifestyle? What is your mission here? What are you trying to to achieve for yourself? Mm. So, you know, real estate, I, I think of it as a tool. And as I said, where you live impacts your lifestyle. So that's a part of the real estate uh, game that I'm very interested in. So where you live, where you decide to live, that's an important decision to make. It's one of the most important decisions to make, which impact lifestyle and happiness. You can also use it as a tool um, from an investment standpoint uh, to build passive income and, and then you know, have more discretionary time. Again, so that you can contribute to life and, and uh, in, in a way that's meaningful for you. Um, so that's where I see real estate play. Um, and it's a, you know, to me, it's just, um, something that I like to share with, with my clients. It's not just the tactical stuff and it's not just the economics of it all. Um, it's just a different perspective to bring into the equation to make better decisions for better outcome. Yeah. So I get that, but I feel like you, what I want to know is, your vision for yourself. Oh, I see. The dream lifestyle, the ultimate lifestyle where you're like, you know, like you're obviously at a certain stage right now. Yeah, you're looking up right now. <laughs> so I'm like, where are you looking in the sense of like, yeah. now five years from now, um, how do you see yourself? Wow. Um, well, through real estate, building enough wealth are generating enough income to counter my fixed expenses. I know this sounds really technical, but no. um, but it's sort of what I, I, I share with my clients is that you have fixed expenses in, in, in life, but you, you if you minimize those, it, it, it allows for more discretionary time so that you can do the things that you want to do. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to build for myself is a portfolio of, of real estate that enables me to have more discretionary time. Um, the Wim Hof method is something that I want to continue and maybe even share and teach. Um, the other thing is through again, the Maltese Canadian business network association is contribute to my community uh, in, in that way and build out that mission. Uh, and then uh, life with my wife and building a family and uh, enjoying time with friends. Uh, those are sort of the things that I want to do uh, more of and contribute to and, and kind of um, work towards. Yeah, I think there's something really interesting to what you said about the real estate stuff because it's almost like you're saying a few things where you're like trying to like you know, tell people to live more of a minimalist lifestyle where you don't need all these extra expenses and these extra things, right? You just need what you need to kind of like survive. And then you come into play where you can help people create enough of like an income to cover those type of expenses. Yeah. Which yeah. Frees you up, which frees you up then, um, you know, to do other things that you're kind of like passionate about or 
other types of projects or just maybe further your career, whatever that may be. Yeah, it could be, it could be an extra vacation a year. I mean, uh, everybody just, is different. Sorry, just the weight that it takes off on the shoulders, I think, is, is a big relief. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that you're secure in that sense. So I think you should continue down that, that journey, like that I thought pattern of like where you're yeah. headed. Well, I think when you think about life, right, yeah. you know, and when you think about Western civilization, we're kind of focused on the future. We're, we're definitely, we're definitely uh, trading off the experiences that we have in front of us to have a better future. I mean, it's all better based on that. And, and money is the underlining thing. We're, we're sacrificing eight hours a day now in order to create a better future right all of us are trying to generate income so that the future is brighter i think real estate is a real tangible way to do that where you don't need to have a master's or a phd um you know it's a very practical way it's a very real thing and i think there's a lot more predictability in real estate than there is in any other type of uh, endeavor, even business ownership. I've done that. I know what that's all about. Yeah. Business ownership fails more times than it than it than it succeeds. Um, not to say that you shouldn't do that if that's the course that you're no, on. You're, saying, you're just saying that real estate. Is but real estate is a great way to supplement anything uh, that you're doing. From you know, again, from a lifestyle standpoint and from an income standpoint. Okay. I mean, I think, definitely think there's also a connection there to what you're saying about first-time buyers as well, as far as like taking this message, right, and, and getting that message out to, to people that are first-time buyers and stuff, so, so they know, you know, what the future could kind of look like if they started now or if they go right ahead with their first-time investment. Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge kind of connection there. Like, I can even see, like, maybe you do this already, but just like turn like a workshop or just like content around this i think could be really really beneficial um and it's a kind of like a niche market as well right because you're holding it on a very specific type of investor um, yeah I, and and you're right i think uh, you know and i've i've thought about that a lot and i have i've kind of gathered content from here and there and it's really kind of trying to curate it and and uh, create the message that, that i'm trying to you know deliver because you could tackle to like a certain demographic, uh, which is more like urban kind of young professional almost, who's yeah. up there. Um, it's just you know they're just trying to getting up there. They have the money. They want to invest now, and it's like okay, you kind of come in and make sure you guide them in the right direction. Yes, uh, and I think that's what a lot of this is. It's like you know you talk about like being observant and aware of your thoughts and all that, and then the energy we put out there. But a lot of it is just like. Once you get to a certain point, it's like just sharing that with other people, almost as a guide to like, you meet someone, you can just say one thing to them and you can all of a sudden guide them in another direction just by your presence. And I think that's another way we can, you can contribute, right? It's just kind of like sharing that with people. Um, okay, so yeah, we've covered a lot and I really liked where the conversation went. Um, I do, um, yeah, I do really appreciate you just being open and honest as well. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I kind of want to bring up. Like, you did talk about your, your vision and kind of like where you kind of see yourself. Um, 
one of the questions I'd like to ask is if there was any type of habit or tendency that you could give up right now in yourself that you could unmemorize, if you will, um, and replace that then with a new kind of like tendency or habit that would better serve you to get to this like future Jason or, or somebody you can even take on now. Were there anything that stands out, anything that you could put out? Uh, a, a couple things. One of them is um, uh, comparing myself to either an, a, an idea that is unreal and not attainable or other people that, you know, are way further down the line than I am. Right. And I think when I do that, it just brings about nothing but bad things. Uh, I mean, not, you know, I have colleagues and there's people close to me. I work for an incredible dynamic company uh, called DreamMaker. And it's really a real estate and asset management company. And it's not a brokerage alone. I work on the brokerage side of the business, but I have access to, to other uh, real estate opportunities and, and um, information and expertise that most uh, agents just don't have access to. But um, because of that, I'm, I, I, I meet a lot of people in my close circle um, are very successful when it comes to these things. And I think that's a good thing because I get to see and touch them and I know they're real. I know they have bad days. I know that um, they're working through adversity as well and they share how they do that with me. It's only when I kind of, when they're um, just an I, you know, it's somebody I, I just can't connect with in any way, in, in a real way, when they just look like they have this incredible life and then I compare myself to that. Right, the idea of yeah. what to portray. So if you want to go a little bit deeper, like, yeah. I get yeah, I think, these sorry. Thoughts, yeah, so I get that these thoughts come up for you um, and you start thinking about that. Um, I'm curious about like the feeling that it kind of sets off in you, like when, when you go to this place, when you start thinking. Well, you, you sort of feel like, um, you know, then your focus is on all the things that you should be doing, okay. uh, that you're not doing. Uh, some maybe maybe you're looking across your competencies and you're seeing all kinds you know my own little gaps here and there and forgetting about all the things that I'm doing I do well and what makes me unique and different and uh, what I bring uh, you know in terms of value I you sort of are starting to weigh in on all the bad things when you know and how you don't you're not you're basically just not good enough when right. that's Truth. I mean, These are the, real, the real the real competitor is yourself in the past, and that's become more and more of my train of thought. Is looking at what's my progress, where where have I been, and what have I overcome, and how can I bring that to uh, you know how can I form that into a tool that's going to help me overcome my next adversity. I think all the things that we come up against really prepare us for the next level. And my life's taught me a lot. I mean, whether it's been real estate or it's been personal, there's been a lot of adversity. And from that, I'm forming, uh, you know, tools, so to speak, so that I can level up and, and uh, take on the adversities of the future because they're not, they're not going to stop. 
So can I just uh, jump in here? Because yeah. like my question was like, what would be one thing that you want to get, one habit that you would want to like, just kind of like unmemorize. And you said, um, compare yourself to other people. But I don't know if you just realized this, but the way that you explain this to me actually sounds like a positive because you're saying that when these things come up and you're thinking about that, um, you end up like almost like checking in with yourself and then going down to like and recognizing all these amazing things that you've done and accepting your life. Yeah. Like the interesting thing is like, it's not like bringing you down. It's almost like, it's like, okay, maybe you're getting to a certain point and things are going well. Yeah. But that guy, it's almost like a, a check-in again with yourself to keep yourself grounded. Right. Because I think it is important to always celebrate those little wins. And, and to, oh, absolutely. And it's so easy to get distracted by all the negative things that have happened. <laughs> and like, I actually, here's an interesting story. I actually wrote yeah. my story. I went to this seminar recently, and part of it I had to write out my story for when I was a kid. And I went back and I read my story, and I was reading it, and I realized that, like, I was focusing on all these, like, negative big things that happened to me that were so impactful, and I forgot to put down along the way all, like, the amazing things that I accomplished. Literally in my story, when I read it back, I'm like, I was like, I forgot this, I forgot this, I forgot that. And, like, I think that you got to an amazing place. If, like, that's your, if that's your pattern where you have a kind of a negative thought, and then yeah. there's a check-in to remind yourself of all the amazing things you do, I could just see yourself just keep going forward and not letting those kind of, those negative walls kind of, like, interfere you. It's like you're going around them, you're going over them. And yeah, I, I think absolutely. It's, it's really a test for truth at times where, that's you a know, skill, right? You know that. That's a skill. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's powerful. So I think, yeah, I, I when you when you exactly, I think you know. Although I identified still as one of the things I want to change, I'm well on my way, sort of, uh, on on well on my way to changing. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, but you did mention something there is celebrating the small wins. And I think that's uh, something that, you, you know, I'm definitely uh, guilty of not doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's looking at all these, all the little contributions and, and uh, not seeing it for what it is. And that's really important. It's celebrating those wins. Right. Right. It, it is. And I think it's easy to kind of forget that. Um, and I get too from your side, it's like, and I, like, I'm no different, like where I'm in my career, in my business, and I see other people doing really well, exceeding. And as of recent, I no longer feel, it's not even jealousy anymore. It's like, okay, what are they doing well? And how can I adapt? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, can yeah. I, how can I grow? Because it doesn't even matter where somebody else is in their journey. Because one, we don't know what's really going on behind the scenes, like you already said, right? We, don't, we just know from like their image of what we perceive of them. And two, it's like we're on our own journey, right? And you have to be cool with where you're at in your own journey. And like you can get to that place, life is so much more rewarding. It's just, it, it's just so much more like. We, we just don't have any other choice. And I think that's a part of, uh, part, of the awakening, yeah, yeah. part of the awakening, right? It's really like, this is it, man. Yes. It's me. It is me. And yeah. I can either you know, let all these things outside of me uh, affect me in a negative way, or I can, you know, turn it into a positive and strive for the next best thing. Yes. Know? So, so um, 
you, you obviously have someone who has been doing a lot of self-development over the years, sounds like over the last two, three years, right? You've really kind of honed in on it and you've really grown as a person and you have these new tools and stuff. Like for someone that was you, you know, three years ago, like, you know, prior to you going on this journey, what would be your advice as like the first step someone would take that they're like, yeah, there's something off of me. I want to make change. Um, what would you say to someone like that? Um, it's, you know, it, I, I do think, I, I do think that everybody is an individual and they definitely have their own, um, story that's very unique to them. Uh, nuances that are so complex that, you know, for anybody to say they have an answer is just not thinking hard enough. But I do think that there's universal truths. I think there are things that apply to everyone. Um, and, and so I would love, you know, there's certain things that you need to do or can do that will put you on a better path. Um, so if we were talking about somebody which is just in a, in a sort of negative space in terms of um, mindset and personal development, or are you talking more about... Um, I'm just talking about, like, like, even from your own life experience, like, at some point, you were dealing with a lot of adversity. You said adversary, you know? <laughs> you got to a point where you realized you still have to do something about it, right? You ended up, you know, hearing about... Um, What's his name? Uh, Stan Lee. You watch his documentary. Like things started showing up in your life. I guess like made you realize you need to do something. For myself as well, I knew something was off. I knew something was just not right. Like internally, and I didn't know what to do about it. And then it was like affecting my jobs, my relationships. It was coming externally. I was like, you know, like, we're not. I don't want to get into my full story, but I ended up to the point where I was like, okay. I'm ready now to make a step. I don't know what that step is, but I'm ready to be vulnerable. I'm ready to talk about my story. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to change. And self-development came into my world, and I started to learn about all these books, and these, these motivational speakers, and these like in meditation and mastermind groups, right? And then I slowly got immersed into it. But like, I actually had someone recently have a conversation, and I was trying to think. And they were me like two, three years ago. I was trying to tell them what's the, which, you know, what's the first thing they should do, right? When they're trying to immerse on this journey. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something I've been asking people as a late because like, I'm curious to know what, what, to, you know, what would you say to someone if they need to start off in the right direction? Yeah. I, you know, one of them then would be definitely uh, surrounding yourself with, you know, people that, that are on that journey as well. Um, that are, are people of integrity and trustworthy and yeah. that want to see you succeed. Like examining the people in your life, like and seeing who surrounds you. Is, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we hear it all the time, right? Like, you know, we go to conferences, you hear speakers, and one of the, it's such a common denominator. It's like, who are the top five people in your phone? Like, you're yeah. And then, like, you don't realize like who the people are around you and who you spend the most of your time with. And, and if you're surrounding, surrounding yourself with negative people, those same voices are in your head, drawing you down. And that, one of those voices can even be yourself. If you're constantly telling yourself you can't do it, I'm not good enough, somebody else is better, like subconsciously you start believing that and that's how you start showing up. 
And that goes the same with other people in your life. So if you can surround yourself with positivity, people that want you to succeed and believe in you and support you, then that's just going to, you know, as a whole, make you a better person, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another thing, um, you know, all the different ways you can invest in yourself. And that could be just, you know, that's important, really important. I think your first investment is your, in yourself because that's all you got at the end of the, at the end of the day, that's all you have. Um, and I think where the, the challenge is, is like, like where, where do we start? Like you say, okay, we'll go meditate, go journal. Yeah. Uh, do some affirmations or, you know, let go, like go to your past and just let go. Like, yeah. I remember talking to someone about this and they're just like, and I'm just, like just saying all this stuff and that's when it made me realize, okay, Maybe I need to get more information about this, think about it more myself. So when that question comes up, I can at least say, okay, start here. And like, yeah. for example, one of the things that really worked for me is when I started uh, journaling about myself the day um, after. So in the morning, I would journal about the day before, and literally from day to night, who I talked to, what emotions came up, um, how I was feeling, like how I showed up, what work I got done, everything. And I started to see tendencies and patterns in myself and how I was showing up. That was a big eye opener for myself, um, and also a game changer. I was like, okay, I need to work on this. I need to change this. I need to stop thinking this way because it's making me feel this way. And now, when those things come up, I can observe them, and cancel them out before I even go in that direction, right? And it's like we even talked about this earlier about meditation. All the thoughts that come up in your head, you have, you have to choose the ones that you kind of want to hang on to and go in that direction. And that's fact. You can do that. You can choose not to think about a negative, um, a negative thought and have a negative emotion. And you can choose to think about something more positive, right? Um, one of the big things that I think really helped is like, that's why I asked you this as well, is having a vision for yourself. Because if you know, for example, you want to be this person and live here and have this career and make this impact, as soon as that negative thought comes up, you can cancel it out and just start yeah. thinking about that alone. And yeah. that has been really, really worthwhile for me because, like, just that, that house and the backyard and, and, like, the windows and, like, my trips that I want to take and all this. And it just starts realigning me with, like, the right trajectory. Yeah. Right? So. On top of that, I would say not only writing out what you want in your life, writing out if you don't do the things that you need to do in order to attain that, what will your life look like if you if if you if you just are a failure? What are what are the things that you don't want in life? And writing that out as well. Be, and and I know that sounds kind of morbid, but at the same time, you have options in life. You can make any decision you want. If you want to go down that road, you can. Sure enough. But if you want to go down the other road, that's going to take you to a better place. Isn't that just a better thing to do. Uh, I mean, doesn't that just make sense? And uh, and and that could be just again, depending on where that individual is in their life. It could be the littlest things that you know, the little wins in life. I mean, like making their bed might be it. Um, yeah, yes. Um, it's you habits, know, right? It's about creating those those, those habits that um, give you the right emotions and they give you the right kind of like feelings that you kind of sought after. I even think what you said was cool. It's like, I don't think it's morbid. I think if you start analyzing yourself and you're like, this is what I'm doing now, if I stay on this trajectory, 
like I'm gonna I'm, where am I gonna end up versus if I start making these changes in my habits like I have this saying um, it's not my saying but I've heard it as a recent it's like my daily mantra almost and it's like do something different to get different results and yeah. I, I think more and more people need to embody that and recognize that what you're doing every day and every week is keeping you in the same mindset, the same emotion, the same feelings. If you want change, you got to break that. You got to do something different. And then those two different vision statements, or uh, that you have, how does it impact the people around you? If you're married or you're not married, or if you have a partner or don't have a partner, you have family, you know, uh, kids, you know, those different paths will impact those people around you. If right. it's not enough motivation to get your, you know, for yourself in the picture. But if you add in the people that you love, maybe that's what you need to do uh, to get you um, enough, uh, you know, of a push just to make those small changes. Right. Yeah. And it really is small changes. I mean, that's the other thing I think it, some people might be in a situation where it's just this mountain to climb. But, you know, it's not just a, 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 a bad cliche, but it is really just one step at a time. It really is. You can't get away from that. You can't get away from that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you're kind of playing on. It's, uh, it's an interesting journey that we all kind of share here together. So I think in the end, we want to do whatever we can to, like, be responsible for the energy that we put out into that world. Yeah. Um, and if that means, like we said, like thinking about the people that surround you, thinking about how you show up every day, and, and being willing to put in the work on yourself, um, yeah. the game changer—it's definitely a—it's definitely a game changer. You um, just said it, man. You just said responsibility, and I think that is—you know—when you asked me that question about what would you say to that individual um, who's, you know, was in my place three years ago. And it is, I think, the undergirding thing is responsibility, knowing and realizing that you are responsible for your life. And um, you, so cannot, you cannot get away from that. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, Will Smith has a video about this, and he explains it so perfectly, right? It's like all the stuff that happens to you happened to you whether you did it to you or somebody else did it to you, if it's abuse or whatever it may be, you are still responsible for your own life. You are still responsible for how you show up every day. Those things are part of you. And if you went through that stuff, it's your responsibility to deal with it, to heal yourself and to let go of those things and to move on and forget all those things. Nobody can change that. And that was my point about like, that person needs to take that first step and nobody, like, we can pull them along and say, come, come, come. But until they take the first step, it's like, you know, they take the step and then we can support you. We can help you. But until you're willing to do that, you know, I don't think the change is going to be. We, and I think also that we have, especially in North America, we have so many different options. You know, there's, Whoever resonates with one person may not resonate with another, but you have options in terms of, you know, looking at, um, you know, some, a mentor that resonates with, with you. You know, for me, it might be Wim Hof. It might be Wayne Dyer. It might be Sean, uh, 
Covey or or um, anybody else, David Goggins even, uh, which you know, when you look at it as a spectrum of 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 uh, individuals and it's successful in their own right, they're a 180 from each other. But I find that these are the individuals that resonate with me, and they could be from totally different walks of life, and that's fine. Uh, you you take from you know their lessons in life and 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 embody them and then bring yourself uh to that next level using some of the things that you learn from them yeah and i like what you said about that we have options uh something that i've been grateful for as of late is opportunities um and it's not even the outcome it's just being grateful for like the opportunities that we have because like you said where we live and like you know compared to like other places in the world we have a need almost. Like, yeah, who's our biggest concern? Like if our Wi-Fi works or if our like, you know, <laughs> we can like, you know, get on Instagram or Facebook or like, you know, I, I know that like there's bigger things than that, but in reality, we have it pretty good. And just being grateful for having those options and opportunities. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, so we got to kind of like wrap up. Sure. <laughs> so one thing that you never said, you did say what you would want to kind of like let go of and like, you would want to memorize, but you never actually said what, you know, which one thing that you would want to embody or you're trying to embody um, kind of moving forward. So, you know, when you think about yourself like a year from now or even just in the future and stuff, like, you know, what's one habit that you, you kind of want to take on now that will help get you there? Yeah, I, it's going to be if consistency. Um, I think I think when you've come from a place and we and we never touched upon it, but I've you know I've made a, a massive career change. I mean, I really did change my life after the Wim Hof experience and meditation uh, journey, uh, coming from a place where I I was I was clinically depressed, um, had to take medication for a short time and got away from that. Is and now in a way a much better place in every uh, kind of area of my life, it's still, now it's more about consistency. It's implementing a lot of uh, what I need to do in order to get me to a better place just on a regular uh, basis through structuring um, structuring my, my day a little better. I think that's something I, I, I definitely want to do more of I, is and I'm finding that people who are um, you know who I admire who are at a, a stage in life where I'd like to attain is I think one of the biggest gaps is structure uh, having having uh, structure in your your day so that you can execute on the things that you need to execute on and I'm talking about yeah meditation uh, habit have it set in your day, you know, and, and make no compromise on the things that you need to do in order to get you in the right mindset, to get you uh, set out on the right foot, charged, energized, uh, you know. I think you're honestly like in a good place because like, like the way you start your day, you're almost setting yourself up each day for success. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan Burchard, we heard him talk at the Archangel Summit, and I've been reading his book ever since. Um, that is a great 
book of insights on like high performance habits and like how you can excel through your days and like to reach your goals and so forth. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that's a really good place to kind of like check into. Um, okay. So as far as your, your big kind of like, um, you know, habit that you want to take on, I guess, like you said, for more consistency. Um, and I think just putting it out there, um, is a, is a good step towards it because you're aware of it. It's just now you have to like show up for yourself and figure out how you can achieve it. Um, yeah. Okay. So being consistent with the, with all the things that I've learned and implementing. That, that, no, I, like, that is bang on actually because it's taken me a while to get where I'm at, but I'm committed every day now to my practice in the morning, my practices at night, and I'm seeing like huge, huge improvements because of that consistency. And I think you just nailed it with that because like everything in between the morning and the night becomes so much more like easy and focused. Like once you have, once you're aligned with yourself, like, it's, like for me anyway, it's been day and night. So, okay. Well, um, any other, actually, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. Cause like you did bring up something and you said we didn't touch on it and you know, it's how like the wind path experience would change your life. Um, a little bit about like your adversity and all the things that you went through. And I think a lot of people could learn from your own experience and your own story and how like you were going in a certain direction and then, you know, you hit self-development, you hit the Wim Hof experience and how it just shot you off like in a totally different place. Like that, people can, can benefit from hearing that story. So I kind of welcome you to you know, share more of that. I mean, um, other than that, uh, how, how can people connect with you? Like uh, best through your website, through Facebook. What's the best way to kind of connect with Jason? Typically, it's uh, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, that's the three platforms that I use most often. Okay. Uh, what about like an email address if somebody just had questions or something? Yeah, email is uh, Jason at DreammakerRealty.ca. Okay. Okay, cool. So, again, appreciate your time. Um, I feel like I could have another conversation. Or yeah, I wish, so, yeah, we could definitely do this again. I, you know, uh, again, even with with uh, this experience, it's a new experience for me, and and uh, so I thank you for inviting me on the show and and okay. just talking about you know uh, the things that I've experienced, and hopefully, uh, it does it does uh, bring value to somebody out there. And, uh, you know, you know I, I think these stories um, 100% can bring value. And that's what I was saying. Like, we didn't get, like, at the end, you made up that one point about, like, kind of, like, what happened to your university and how, like, you made a huge shift. Like, yeah. that topic alone, I think, is so valuable for people. Because, like I was saying, like, and that's where the question comes up for me is, where do people start? So. Yeah. You know, I think if we keep doing what we're doing individually and like within the communities we're involved in, I yeah. think that, that message gets spread and, um, you know, there's a lot of like value just in that alone. So, Absolutely. And, awesome. and I think, I think uh, when, for, for me anyways, li living out this journey is, is really, uh, you know, connecting with a lot of different individuals who are on sort of the same path. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we, uh, it's all our own responsibility, but we do live in a reality that's inter, that's interdependent. So, 
Yeah, we're all here together. It's always a good thing to contribute, and I learn as much from anybody uh, uh, out there and their personal story. So I'll, uh, I definitely will, uh, will uh, you know, I'd love to hear more about uh, your other guests in, in the future, so I'll definitely listen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, all right. So again, thank you, Jason, and uh, we'll put all your information in the uh, description so people want to reach out and want to contact you. Cool. All right, all right, take it easy. Thanks, Jason. All right, man.